0: On The Verge is also brought to you by SeatGeek.com. Head on over to SeatGeek.com, use promo code ONTHEVERGE, and all first-time users can get $20 off your next purchase to an Orioles game, concert, comedy show, whatever event you're in the mood for this week or this weekend. Head over to SeatGeek.com, use promo code ONTHEVERGE, get $20 off your first order today. Welcome to another episode of On The Verge. Nick Stevens here riding solo today to give... Everybody, just a quick recap of what the Orioles did on Day 3 of the 2022 MLB Draft. 20 rounds, 22 players later, this year's draft is over, and while we are years away from getting an idea of just how good this draft class is, the Orioles have already received praise from some outlets and evaluators for their selections, including... Prospects Live, who named the Orioles draft class, as one of the six standout classes just based on initial reactions. And Some of the college stats may not be super sexy with a few of these picks, but I think Orioles Director of Draft Operations Brad Selig did a great job of explaining right after the draft what I thought more people understood, but apparently not, in terms of why maybe looking at a college reliever's ERA isn't the best way to evaluate talent. (laughs) I think the Orioles Grabbed a couple of gems here in the back half of the draft, a couple of really intriguing arms specifically, a lot of arms. We're taking here in rounds eleven through twenty to close out the twenty twenty-two draft. But let's get a quick idea of who each of these new selections are. And I do want to note at the top that all of the data on pitch metrics come from either the work of Mason McRae and/or Tieran Alexander and their exhaustive work that they put into looking into hundreds and hundreds of draft draft prospects and I've linked both of these reports in the notes, so you can check them out on your own, and I want to make sure that they get full credit here. Other reports are also coming from Baseball America and Prospects Live and Fangraphs. I've also noted those as well. Again, this is really just a quick initial intro for each of these picks. I'm excited to continue to learn more about each of these guys over the next few days, and hopefully we get to start watching them in a couple of weeks. So let's kind of get into it here with uh, round 11. Orioles went right-hand pitcher Zach Showalter out of Wesley Chapel High School in Florida, He's a six-one righty with a fastball that runs up to 95, 96 miles an hour. I've seen both numbers out there. Prospects Live called him a data darling. He's a big-time big strike thrower. Hoppy fastball. Saw that in multiple places. And if you listen to John Mioli on Monday night, well, there you go. More hoppy fastball pitchers joining the ranks. Breaking ball getting about 15 inches of sweep. The slider is a beautiful pitch. Drops across multiple planes. Gyro sliders, it's been described. Baseball America does note that he does bring a firm changeup that needs to be refined, which we've repeated over and over again that it seems like the Orioles do feel confident in their abilities to develop changeups with their pitchers. Watching some of the video, I love the attitude on the mound. He looks confident in his stuff and he isn't afraid to show it off. Hides the ball well with his delivery, which I think helps. He's a South Florida commit, but he's already tweeted out uh, show to the O's. So I imagine that he will be signing with the Baltimore Orioles, but Without a doubt, I think Showalter has the highest ceiling of any anybody selected on day three here for the Orioles. Round 12, the O's went right-handed pitcher again, this time out of the college ranks, out of Indiana, Bradley Bremer. He was drafted by the Orioles once before, back in 2018 actually, out of the high school ranks. But he ended up going to Wright State before transferring to Indiana for his final season. Ended the year with a strong, really dominant Big Ten tournament. Listed at 6'6", 205 pounds. So he has that big frame that the Orioles seem to covet. Another one of these picks who the Orioles think they can improve. Sinker gets good movement. It's a real swing and miss pitch. Sweeping slider. Curveball has potential with a good moving changeup, according to reports. And I believe from one report in particular that says in the right system, he could develop into a back-end rotation starter. So as a 12th round pick, I'm certainly finding that interesting here with Brammer 6'6 frame good fastball though you can you have to imagine that he can at least fall back working out of the bullpen uh, 13th round the Orioles went a lefty this time Jared Beck out of D2 St. Leo University he's a seven foot lefty I don't know what else more we need to say there seven foot lefty but from Baseball America's report they said he stands seven feet tall and is listed at 225 pounds Throws a fastball in the 89-91 to mile an hour range, but the pitch plays up with the deception and he has a surprisingly clean delivery considering his size. Breaking ball is a slurvy, loopy curveball in the mid-70s. Beck was a good performer this spring for Division 2 St. Leo, posting a 3.95 ERA over 13 starts and 68 and a third innings while striking out 105 batters. That's a 35.5% strikeout rate, walking 31 for about 10% walk rate. Beck has mostly been a starter throughout college career, but could have some interest as a unique look out of the bullpen in the pro game. So I think this is another instance as well, just like Carlos Tavera last year, where right after the draft, the Orioles came out and noted more velo as Brad Selig did this afternoon. He said that in their looks that Beck gets up to about 95 miles an hour. So 95 from the left side at seven feet tall. I cannot wait to watch Beck in action when he gets in Sarasota here. 14th round, the Orioles straight away from the pitching ranks and went catcher Adam Retzbach out of Lehigh University. Prospects Live has a report on him saying that if you look at the exit velos, positional versatility, and the ability to draw walks, you see a path to success here. And I found one video of him, I think it was a summer ball video, hitting a 400-plus-foot home run at 105 miles per hour. So yeah, that tracks. He also played first base and left field at Lehigh. So he's patient at the plate hits the ball hard with some power, uh, and can play multiple positions. This sounds like a pretty classic Orioles pick to me. He had almost 300 last year with Lehigh with 11 home runs. That actually led the Patriot League, so it'll be interesting to see how much time behind the plate he gets, or are the Orioles, even from from the beginning, going to move him around a little bit, utilize that versatility to get the bat in the lineup as often as possible, but even with our catchers, they're going after versatility here. 15th round, they went James Hicks, right-handed pitcher out of South Carolina. There's not too much info out there on Hicks, who did pitch at Crowder College for two seasons before transferring to South Carolina. Aaron Fitt at D1Baseball.com did have a report last year while watching him work out, highlighting a low 90s fastball with good breaking ball and changeup. Said there was starter potential there. He is the record holder at Crowder College for complete games and K-to-walk ratio, according to a South Carolina player profile, so he's a high strikeout guy who can command the strike zone and go deep into games. Unfortunately, during his time at South Carolina, it only lasted seven innings. He had Tommy John surgery this year. Struck out seven, walked just one in those seven innings, though. The, The surgery was performed in March, so I imagine that we won't see Hicks until the beginning of the 2023 Probably FCL season. In the 16th round, the Orioles went a little bit more local. Right-handed pitcher Graham Fireved out of Virginia Tech. hokey. Alright, I'm gonna put my JMU bias aside. As long as you sign, you are now a member of Birdland, so I'm gonna support you. This is Fiverod is actually one of my favorite picks of the final day. Strictly relief farm at least it seems like he's strictly a relief farm here, but all the reports are in love with the fastball. Runs up to 95 miles an hour, but sits around 92 with a ton of, ton of movement. Huge swing and miss numbers up in the zone. Also throws a slider and a curveball. Sliders reportedly a potential above average pitch with good sweep. And again, going back to what Brad Selick mentioned after the draft, they targeted pitchers with the hoppy fastballs, sweeping sliders, and curveballs with good depth. And I think every single pitcher drafted today, at least, has all of those descriptions as part of their reports. Uh, Fiverod had 135 career strikeouts in 94 innings while at Tech. The issues that stand out are the the control and the heavy reliance on his fastball. One report mentioned more than a 90% usage rate on the fastball when he was at Tech, but if the secondaries are workable pitches and the Orioles can refine those and improve the control, you have a decent relief prospect here. Not bad value at all coming out of the 16th round. Another note here from Prospects Live, they mentioned that you'd be hard-pressed to find a better fastball-curveball combo in this class than FireVed's. The heater is up to 95 with a mint ride through the zone. It's a high-spin, high-whiff weapon. Curveball has depth and sweep, throwing the low 80s up to 84 miles per hour. The two pitches tunnel well and combine to induce a ton of swing and miss this season. FireVed is a relief prospect with some command issues, though his intrinsic abilities should get him selected in the draft. This is, I think this is going to be a guy... It's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the lower levels of the minor leagues and we'll see if those secondaries can improve and he can become a more reliable relief prospect as he moves up the ranks. The 17th round pick is probably the most intriguing selection here. Shortstop Carter Young out of Vanderbilt, a name a lot of even more casual fans have probably at least heard of in passing. So no doubt this is the most interesting pick in this draft. Considered an elite prospect coming out of high school, Young really regressed year after year at Vanderbilt, ultimately leading to him being benched this past season. He hit just 207, but he did hit 252 with an 899 OPS as a sophomore, adding 16 home runs, 15 doubles. But you see a lot of swing and miss in his game. He struck out almost 30% of the time this past season, but he's also coming off shoulder surgery, which he had last year. So that seems to have impacted his power at the plate and impacted his game overall. He did announce after the 2022 season that he was transferring from Vanderbilt to LSU. So he could go back to school here and try to improve his stock at LSU. Or if the Orioles think they can help him make those improvements and convince him to sign, this becomes a really interesting pick. I think there are a lot of questions here, so we're kind of in wait and see approach. But with the draft now being down to 20 rounds instead of 40, and the Orioles really valuing this process so much, I'm kinda of leaning towards the organization's ability to sign him. And I haven't you haven't really seen very many Elias picks not sign. And we've also at the same time heard plenty of stories on how effective the Orioles have been at selling their organization to guys to come and sign. So we're gonna have to see here. The only thing that does give me a little bit of pause is that Brad Seelick mentioned that kind of saying I'm not as optimistic as in years past, that in terms of being able to sign everyone as part of this draft class. And we don't know exactly who's referring to there, but assuming it's young is in that bucket considering his pedigree ceiling recent struggles and the option to go back to an sec powerhouse in lsu to try to rebound and come out in next year's draft hopefully regain some of that value that he had coming out of high school but even with questionable bat he's a slick fielding middle infield prospect again someone the orioles like to target shoring up that middle infield defense so if he signs i love this pick and if not I like the risk as well. I like being aggressive and trying to go after him there. Moving on to the 18th round, another signing that might be a little bit more difficult, right-handed pitcher Andrew Walters out of Miami, strictly a reliever. This coming from Baseball America, after posting a 1.46 ERA over 22 and two-thirds innings during the 2021 season, he moved into the closing role for Miami in 2022 and finished tied for fifth in the country among D1 arms with 14 saves. He had a 1.65 ERA over 32 innings, 62 strikeouts. That's a 51% strikeout rate, just six walks, 5% walk rate. Walters lives and dies with his fastball. According to Fangraphs, he threw 540 pitches on film in 2022. 489 of them were fastballs. But back to Baseball America's note, a potentially the fastball is a potentially elite pitch that sits in the 95-96 range, touches 100 with exceptional ride and carry, 41% whiff rate on the fastball this past spring. It was borderline unhittable at the top of the strike zone. It's no wonder he used it more than 90% of the time. Walters also throws a slurvy breaking ball around 80 miles per hour that is fringy but could become an average off six Strong 6'4", 220-pound pitcher. Walters has back of the bullpen upside with an improved breaking ball to complement an outstanding fastball. The reason it could be a bit of a difficult sign is Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com did note immediately after the pick that Walters reportedly has a high asking price because he wants to stay at Miami and play with his, his brother. So this is another pick we're have to watch closely. Moving on to the 19th round, Orioles again moving a little bit more local here. A kind of Mr. Do-It-All at the University of Richmond, Alden Mathis, a left-handed pitcher, outfielder, slash utility guy. So this is another unique pick here for the Orioles. He hit 344 last season for the Spiders, 10 home runs, 13 doubles, 6 triples, doesn't walk very much at all, just 17 walks last season, but he doesn't strike out very much either. Actually, just 42 strikeouts in 94 career games and 299 plate appearances at Richmond. He also pitched all three years when he was with the Spiders, including summer ball, summer in the coastal plain leagues where he hit and as well. A 3.35 ERA last year while at Richmond. 58 strikeouts, 21 walks, and 43 innings of work. Even during the summer ball, he had big strikeout, low walk numbers. Hit 10 home runs in the Coastal Plain leagues that before hitting the 10 home runs at Richmond. So a successful summer last year, translating into a big season, 2022 season. I'm very curious to see if the Orioles let him pitch. Because even though it was at a smaller school in the A-10, Mathis is an experienced arm with a good amount of success on the mound but it was announced right after the draft that the Orioles are going to develop him as a center fielder. But I I would just love if they gave him an opportunity, especially maybe at least in Sarasota, just give him an opportunity on the mound and see what happens for Mathis there. So a good unique pick there for the Orioles. Lastly, they rounded out the draft with another arm out of Indiana, right-handed pitcher Reese Sharp. Listed at 6'3", 200 pounds, fastball tops out at 96 miles an hour, Reportedly has really, really good swing and miss traits and numbers, slider and curve. Like I mentioned before, these are guys that the, the Orioles were targeting. Good shape. Supposedly the changeup—he has a changeup in his arsenal as well, but he just never threw it while at Indiana. Couple of grades, potential grades here: 55 grade fastball, potential plus slider, and a 55 grade curveball. Uh, both reports that I have that I have here suggested that he could be a potential starter if the command improves. According to multiple evaluators, to have real potential to stick as a starter as he moves up the ranks and this could be a really good 20th round pick here kind of reminds me of trending craig pick last year who the orioles grabbed with their last selection to the 2021 draft a sneaky good raw outfielder with high potential uh, so both could end up being sleepers in this system a couple of day two grades were placed on Reese sharp i could easily see sharp being the guy who the orioles really start to hype up as we begin the 2023 season but overall, this draft class, I think the Orioles hit a home run at the top. They, they swung for the fences, and they got their high-ceiling, high-school guy in Jackson Holiday, who I am liking more and more as I watch more videos of him since they made that selection on Sunday night. And then you draft a more high-upside guys in Dylan Beavers, Max Wagner out of Clemson, and you use day two and day three to guys that fit your mold. And the Orioles, I think, feel pretty confident in their abilities to develop pitchers, take these guys from smaller schools, less known pitchers and turn them into valuable assets. And so now they're finding guys who fit their mold and they're going to let these pitching coaches work. And again, I'm going to reference you back to John Mioli's piece. If you are subscribed, please check out his piece from Tuesday morning, which did a fantastic job getting some great quote, quotes from some of the pitching coaches down in the system. Even Noah DeNoyer himself, someone who went undrafted in 2019 is now having success as really one of the more effective pitchers in double a buoy this season on just how much these guys are buying into this pitching development program that the Orioles are putting in place. So definitely go check out John's piece. But thank you to everyone who showed up on day one, hung out with us live. We had tremendous audience on YouTube that night, and it's carried over these last few days. If you haven't already, check out our day two recap from Monday night. We opened the show with John Miole to get his thoughts on Jackson Holliday and day one before we started breaking down The day two picks, John, as always, provided some tremendous insight there. Lastly, just stay tuned on Twitter over the next few days. We're going to track any undrafted free agents that come to terms with the Orioles. Teams have already started adding guys, and I imagine the Orioles are going to use this opportunity to bring in a few more players to fill out some holes in the lower levels of the minors. We saw a couple guys they brought in, mostly pitchers, last season. Guys like Daniel Fetterman, Carson Carter are already providing some intrigue and reached high A this year, so... These guys are going to be people that we're certainly going to take a look at as they come in. And join us Monday night as the three of us will be back together for our regularly scheduled show. We got the second half of the Mining League season started. We've got the trade deadline coming up. Uh, So it's going to be a fun time. Thanks again for listening and we will see you Monday night.